four young friends face off against armed samurai, perilous weather, and even a god in The Wrath of Daimajin. We feel that wrath, Eric. Oh, man. There's a lot of wrath to be had mm. <laughs> with this certain Dimogen film. Yeah, it, it's kind of convenient, though. You know, everything smells like sulfur, so like Dimogen doesn't have to worry about if he lets one rip, you know? That's true. That is true, Alex. You know, <laughs> our preamble there makes it sound like just kind of a, you know, stand by me sort of friends come together to defeat a foe sort of film. But yeah. it's really not that, is it? I mean, I thought it was. <laughs> this, is to, this, this, this is the Goonies. This is the Goonies. Japanese Goonies. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing Wrath of Dimension. I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. And Alex, as we wrap up the Dimension series, I am excited to, to hear what you have to say about the third final and potentially inferior Dimension film, Alex? Hey, if if word on the street is correct, then that would be my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump right into it uh, and see what we've got. All right. After last week's Return of Dimension uh, featured a whole lot of, well, returning to the source material, The Wrath of Dimension definitely takes the mythos in a different direction, incorporating kid heroes, some slapstick humor, and even a hawk. Did you appreciate the more Showa Gamera-esque approach, Alex? Or did that hawk make you squawk? Ooh, I mean, this hawk didn't just make me squawk, but it also made me bok 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 Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to leave that loud so it blows everybody's eardrums out in their car. <laughs> so, which are, hey, honestly, all these things are good things to me. Um, <laughs> bok Bok and Bagok. I did think that the Showa Gamera-esque approach, though, was uh, pretty fun. I, I think it was a little darker, probably, than that. But then again, I always have to remember, like, Showa era Gamera had all kinds of dismemberments and oh, stuff yeah. of monsters, so <laughs> it does have stuff like that. Um, and humans getting eaten and all kinds of stuff. So, and poisoning each other. Oh, man, Showa era Gamera is something else. That's a trip. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it does get, I mean, this movie actually gets pretty dark. And I'm going to go ahead and say what most people will probably call blasphemy. I mean, that is like kind of like you mentioned, online consensus is equivalent to critical and wider audience consensus. Mm-hmm. But The Wrath of Dimension is the best of these movies. Bagok? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> That's uh, some sort of blasphemy, probably. But I actually, I, I really do believe this. Um, does it still have its flaws? Oh, definitely. Uh, some I think would many would consider major, but for me overall, I really greatly enjoyed this film over the previous ones. This one kept my attention, and I mean, what else could you want from a film other than a hawk murdering three men brutally? You know, <laughs> just like it's awesome. 
<laughs> no, that that was awesome. And and so to be clear up front, I love loved the hawk. I mean, <laughs> that's the hero we all deserved right there. Yes. Um, but overall, I was squawking quite a bit at this film. Now I texted you in the middle of watching the movie, which <laughs> I rarely did. do. I, I, I really I rarely text you because I don't want to reveal any information to you about my opinion of a film before the podcast. Um, and so I texted you in the middle and I said, I think I've been watching this film for three hours. <laughs> I, I just couldn't get on the same wavelength of the film. Now, I did like the opening because, hey, there's Dimogen, right? Dimogen's yeah. attacking. Like we actually get some Dimogen. But then after that, uh, I just found myself really bored for the first half of this film now it yeah. would have been one thing if we had some interesting images to look at but honestly what what about myself, that opening the opening after the opening so oh, that the opening, opening was so cool it was very cool it was uh, and like I, I did love the opening you have that really cool flood scene um so so many awesome sets that are just destroyed right there yeah <laughs> which is really cool um but then once the the kid narrative begins Nothing much happens in that kid narrative for about the next 35 minutes. Uh, and I found myself rather bored at that pedantic nature. There wasn't even much landscape to look at um, because it was mainly mountainous, right? Right. And so I know <laughs> some people criticize Lord of the Rings for just being a mountain movie uh, yes. and getting really bored. Yes. That's kind of how I felt but it was only 30 minutes as opposed to three hours, right? Um, <laughs> however, you know, here in this movie, the, the kid approach just doesn't work for me. Uh, I appreciated when we had the, the kid kaiju adventure in the Gamera films, but with Dimogen, I don't know if it works. The Gamera films might have been violent physically, like you mentioned, Alex, but these films are violent thematically. With kids dying in dramatic fashion, and their parents dying in horrifying ways. Mm -hmm. So to be fair, once that started happening, I wasn't exactly bored, just more disturbed. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, I didn't hate the film. It's not like I hated this thing. Uh, I ended up liking our child characters, actually. Did you appreciate those kids, Alex? Yeah, I actually, actually really liked them. Um, and, and as far as like this being a kid's movie, I actually never perceived it to be a kid's movie, despite starring kids. I always... The whole time, I felt like this was a movie for adults that had kids in it. Now, they they what I did like about the kids is that they all had the, their own distinct personalities. And I actually found not only uh, did the kids have their own distinct personalities, but their family members that were being held in the camp, uh, in the work camp, also mm -hmm. like almost immediately likable, actually. I think it's something about the physicality that they bring. Mm -hmm. um, when they pop up on screen, I just immediately like them. And it's yeah. something that I haven't felt throughout this entire series so far. Mm -hmm. And the kids all have their unique traits. You know, one can cook, one hurts his foot, <laughs> one's silent. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, I, I actually do think that they all feel like decent characters. And their bond uh, is really sold to me in the moments that I, in general, really dislike in films. Um I hate to watch people walk around for 20 minutes. I really do. And it's funny you mentioned Lord of the Rings That's because funny. it's part of why I'm not a big fan of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I get so tired of them walking around. 
it's a lot of kind of useless vanity shots. And it's the same here, too. And while it's beautiful, it doesn't really contribute much to me. Now, the film is rife with those, but there are these little moments that happen in this, unlike most movies that do these little overhead shots with sweeping vistas and all this stuff, where one of the kids slips on a rock. And it feels more treacherous because he's, I guess, probably because he's a kid. And then also, I love the way that they solve it. Whether they have, I, I've forgotten all their names except for Little Sigu. Um, but Suji, Suji, yeah, Suji Do, <laughs> Suji Do. Um, so he, he slips, and the the bigger kid he comes up and he uses his head to push him up, uh, up the wall. And I just really like that, like collaborative teamwork and. There's all these other moments where they just kind of help each other. And for some reason, for me, it just feels really genuine. And it really helps me uh, bond with this group. Now, like, there's even one moment where one of the kids is going <laughs> to help one of the other kids cross this water. And then he hurts his ankle, oh which <laughs> is interesting because then he gets helped. And then he ends up hilariously drowning. <laughs> Um, did you just say hilariously drowning yes i did unintentionally hilarious for those who haven't seen the movie if you haven't seen the movie why are you listening to this first off (laughs) thank you for joining us um but (laughs) i do again like their camaraderie and it's not just here but in the camp as well i feel like those group of guys are they feel pretty bonded to me which i just really liked about this yeah, I I like the kids too. Once once I got acquainted with them and realized what this film was wanting to be, Suji was my favorite. You know, first you just have his smaller stature and more innocent nature, mm-hmm. but then we also get his bow and arrow and meat stealing stealing skills. Oh Alex. yeah, uh, Daisaku, of course, he was the one that is always causing problems, and we knew he would cause problems from the beginning, yes. right? Um, but he provided the most head-scratching moments that kept those kids in constant trouble of getting caught. Honestly, though, I'm just still surprised at how they killed off Quinta, or Kinta, <laughs> as you mentioned. I mean, did the actor just have to return home or something? Like, that's my, my thought. Like, he had to be cut because he had to go home. And, like, they, they hadn't finished the movie, but he had to leave. So they're like, yeah, we'll just kill him off. Right? It's like... A few minutes before that, these kid heroes are pretty humorously defeating these samurai chasing them. They're outwitting them. And then we get Kinta saying, my foot is too bad. Leave me. As he's like hanging on for his life. <laughs> and he lets go like in a super dramatic fashion. Yeah. And we watch his dead body yeah. float down raging rapids. I like the idea that he just immediately dies. As, yeah. soon, as soon as the head goes underwater, he just immediately dies, and he's just floating. Oh my gosh! It's like it was... like like with if one ankle is hurt, you're just you can't. Yeah, <laughs> you can't even try to swim. You're just like, done. What? That is ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> but, even, even if he didn't know how to swim, yeah, <laughs> it still ridiculous. doesn't make sense. Like, why? Why? It's so so bad. (laughs) I'm telling you, the actor had to go home. But (laughs) it was that sort of tonal whiplash that threw me. It's like, dang. (laughs) Yeah, right? It's like, did they really kill him? And you kind of sit there for the rest of the movie going, did they really kill him? I was like, maybe they're going to bring, maybe the Diamond will bring him back at the end. Yeah, nope, nope, no, yeah. So, and I, I'm right there with you. Uh, there, there's no doubt that there is that tonal whiplash in that scene. 
And not do they actually like kill the kid. I mean, they actually killed the child actor too. But they <laughs> but, but, but they don't have the character's emote really any real sadness. No. Right? No, like like not you don't really. you don't feel I mean, like they're not they're not great actors. I'm just no. going to say that. They're not. They're awful. That's okay. Um <laughs> we still I liked how they're written. They're not great actors in right. this one. Um it's true. It's true. It's okay. It's the okay, good thing though. is that they don't overact. The bad thing is is they don't act at certain points. <laughs> so you know, we don't get that sadness of that moment that would really have made that moment hit home and like it would have maybe made that tonal whiplash. Uh not so whiplashy like it still would have been a strong change but it'd been like oh wow like stakes are really here and mm-hmm. uh you know if they're all sad and all that and maybe he didn't just <laughs> die so instantaneously when hitting the water um but <laughs> that's a moment that the film really should have capitalized on but i do think the movie is also a bit too long and you know we've both mentioned all that walking mm-hmm. this this journey takes too long uh, but here's the thing that I really, really liked. And there, there's several things. I actually really liked the snow scenes where mm-hmm. everyone is dying. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's brutal. You know, you got two kids fading. One of them is about to sacrifice himself. They're getting shot at. I mean, it, it, the hawk is attacking. It's, it's crazy. It's pretty tense, and you really do wonder, like, how are they going to get out of this? Like, like when they killed one kid, are they willing to kill two more? Yeah, and then, I wondered. I, I wasn't. I, I had no idea. Exactly, and it, that's pretty hard to do, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty hard to convince you that, like, oh, like they, they might actually kill them off. Yeah. Um, and so, and then I like, uh, I just like that whole sequence, and I like the, the hawk and its persistent presence throughout the film, and how that all culminates. And I really, really loved how Diamogen was portrayed in this one. He feely, he finally feels like he is, as the title alludes, revealing his wrath. This feels like revenge this time. Whereas the other times I felt like he just showed up to kill. Uh, this time I really actually felt like there was revenge. I thought his attack felt, I mean, again, I thought his attack felt kind of hollow the last time. And this one was exciting and kind of pretty horrifying because it's got so much cool imagery Mm -hmm. uh, accompanying this attack. Like I'm really impressed with some of these shots and imagery in this one. It just lends this punch to it that the others I don't think had. And the most impressive thing to me is that even though Dimension revives the three remaining kids and the bird, he doesn't revive the kid that drowned and he doesn't revive the brother that was killed in the sulfur pit. Yeah. Thank you for not taking the easy way out, Daimajin, because they easily could have done that. Yeah, they could have. Uh, they probably should have. But See, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, I, also, um, that final I, I don't kill. Know if he, to be fair, I don't think he revived. Well, I think he did because as soon as sick. he as soon as he I, is uh, as soon as he awakens, the two kids that were like on death's door, they pop up awake. Mm-hmm. As soon as he yeah. disappears from the mountaintop. Yeah. And I guess he's traveling. I don't know if they were dead, though, or if they were just, like, revitalized with energy, right? That's possible. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I I did think there was a potential that um, – I, I thought it was the guy's father. I thought it was um, 
it was it was the the big kid's brother that that oh, gets yeah. thrown yeah. into the pit which we we don't we don't see the sadness of him realizing that he was the only Saku, one that died yeah. right. um but i also like that the dimension sequence ends with a kill that is worthy of jason Voorhees. Nice. He stabs him through the chest to the wall, pulls the knife out, and lets him fall into the sulfur pit. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, well, one thing I did want to get into this week, Alex, uh, is I did want to get into my theological ramblings oh about the nature of this demon god. Um, <laughs> in short, and I and I said this last week, I think he's pretty much a tyrant, honestly. Um, and he's even more of a tyrant this week than he was last week. The more interventionist he becomes, the bigger of a tyrant he becomes. Now, looking at it from the, the Christian tradition, uh, I find this concept really interesting. In the Christian t- tradition, God is an interventionist God who listens to and answers prayers. But an interventionist God by itself is honestly kind of a jerk, right? Which is what we see here with Dimogen. However, from that Christian perspective, that interventionism is justified, though I would still say ethically questionable, because of God coming to earth and suffering alongside humanity in the form of Jesus. However, for Dimogen, he just responds when he wants. There is no suffering to be had, but he clearly has a will, and that will is to be feared and to be worshipped. And so it's my belief that if the chief purpose of this God is to be feared and to be praised. That's simply a God that wants to be a tyrant (laughs) and is not a being worthy of our ultimate respect. So this God in Dimogen, he allows people to suffer until they can't suffer anymore and they get to the end of their rope and have to sacrifice themselves uh, in order for him to intervene. It's a bit odd when you really consider it. (laughs) Yeah, it's the, it's really the, the, offer of the sacrifice that is the most interesting motivator for him mm-hmm. to me. Uh, it's so strange. Cause like part of me thinks that he's like, he just wants to be left alone on his mountaintop mm-hmm. <laughs> or wherever he's located in each movie. Like he just kind of wants to hang out, right? He doesn't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. And then when he does get woken up, he's all grumpy and all that, but it's really the, uh, <laughs> it's the being thrown the the mandatory sacrifice offer that is yeah. so interesting yeah it's it's kind of abrahamic right um with yeah. isaac so it's, it's it's interesting um but that kind of leads to talking about our mvm plus discussion that we had before this episode alex yeah. where we discussed what we would like to see in a dimension filled film if one was created today and um well, I just explained my my rationale behind my version that I want to see was those theological underpinnings that I just mentioned. But we also talk about our lineup for our October series. Um, we talk about um, Paw Patrol Everest. Oh, very, and, like three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about... Uh, we started our conversation with... What did we start our conversation with, Alex? Well, oh, we yeah. started about pitching our movie, right? We we, we, yeah, we both pitched a Dimension movie, and then yeah, that's right. And uh, what board game we played this past oh weekend when you came to visit? Instead me. of watching Shang Chi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much to Ken Bachman's find... chagrin. <laughs> it'll it'll happen. It'll happen, Ken. It'll happen. Uh, on 
uh, MVM Plus. You can find MVM Plus on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod, where you can find that episode and our entire backlog of MVM Plus episodes uh, over there at Patreon. Awards, Alex? Let's do it. Coolest character award. Who'd you have? Diamagen. Nice. Uh, it, it really, again, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I do feel like this is. I could. I felt like in this one, I could feel his motivation. Mm-hmm. Whereas I didn't. Even though horrible things are going on in the other two movies, I didn't feel like there was a wrath. I, it felt hollow to me. And this one, it might be the imagery, but I felt like this one was pissed off. <laughs> well, it's the wrath of dying. I know. I know. Yeah. But it, it's the. It, it really was the wrath, and I feel like they successfully illustrated the almost mercilessness of him in this one. Interesting. Yeah. I thought the first one did the best at that, honestly. Because he, because he kept killing? Yeah, and yeah. because of the chisel scene where oh, he bleeds it. and yeah. has that thing stuck in his head. Yes. Now, I do like that. and about, hey, I did like that homage to that in this one Yeah, where this one bleeds too. It is true. It is true. Um, my coolest character was... Uh, Bok Bok the Hawk, um, the Hawk Spirit. <laughs> uh, I, I I mean, come on. Did that thing become a, like a flaming hawk there at the end? Kind of like a Fire Rodan, Alex? That's I, exactly what happened, yeah. It's exactly. No, I, don't, what, I don't know. <laughs> that's exactly what happened, I do believe. You know, it kind of yeah. lit up and was on fire. Mm. Um, but man, that thing must have been the Holy Spirit is, is kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what about your most memorable line award? My most memorable line award was a gentle face for a fierce God, um, which I just think, I, I think it came from one of the kids, if I remember correctly, but it is just telling. And I think I've thought that myself, like it's kind of saying what we've all thought about the statue Dimogen where it's just so kind of plain and just there. There's no real emotion. Now, granted, there's not much emotion when Dimogen becomes animated, right? That's kind of the point. But there's definitely that fierceness there, whereas the statue Dimogen is pretty stoic, I would say. I was sad to not see him be flirty in this one. You were sad to see him not be flirty? Yeah, when he gets all red. Uh What about your most memorable line award, Alex? Yeah. Um, this was, I'm so sorry, everybody. I cannot remember these kids' names. Uh, but it was the bigger kid. And he says, something smells good. The reason it's so such a wonderful line is because in the previous scene, his brother gets, flo- got, gets thrown into a sulfur pit. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately cuts to him saying, something smells good pretty funny <laughs> it's pretty funny i don't know if it was intentional or not or just a coincidence i'm but sure yeah pretty good <laughs> that's good what about your can't believe the acting award um yeah so i gotta give it to little sugi he tried his best man sujido sujido <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i think i think he actually does a pretty decent job overall considering but i you know i don't think any of the kids did a great job no but he was stoic uh he held on to that kid for a little while um and 
I could see him trying to act. So that's why he gets my award. Like I saw smiles get cracked by all the kids at some point. <laughs> yeah, they got, they got <laughs> smiles were cracked all the time by all the kids. They're like trying to be they're like freezing to death and they're like half smiling. <laughs> it's true. It's definitely true. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, what about you? <laughs> uh man, mine was uh Toru Abe as lord arakawa the bad guy um especially at the end just the way that he retreats in horror from diamogen he really sells that now his his hairpiece was a little off um and a little weird (laughs) but overall like his acting i thought was actually quite strong um he really conveyed that fear so i've got to give it to him because that was the standout moment there could have been more standout moments, I think. But overall, the the acting did not stand out to me. Um, because when we did have moments like people being thrown into a boiling sulfur pit, there was a reaction, but it was very like subtle. Um, <laughs> which I guess is fine. Right? It's not overacting, as you said, but there just wasn't that much acting either. Yeah. So. Um, but I, that part, there was definitely acting, and I don't think it crossed that line to overacting. So I've got to give it to uh, Abe as Arakawa here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then what about your uh, standout effect award? My, my, my standout effect was Kenta <laughs> floating down the river. <laughs> Which I know sounds bad. But like we're talking about standout effect. It's like the thing that I'm going to remember. I just am going to remember that face down like doll that they had floating down. The, yeah. I hope it was a doll uh, floating down the river immediately after he's let go. He's doing the dead man's float as he goes across the rapids. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, what about you? What about you? Oh, it's so good. Um, uh, I had to do the, the intro sequence. Just that whole intro sequence is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just all all of the miniature work and all the different little things that they had to do, and it looked really great. Uh, which it, yeah, which it wasn't a ton of miniature work as much as like full on set work that they yeah. just destroyed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean you're right. And then they had to like do the cracking ground when it mm-hmm. dried up and all these other things. It just it was nice to see all of that. Um, and you know what? I gotta give a. Uh, I got to give a shout out to another one in this film. They actually had an, a really great one where diet where Dimension rises from the snow with the little kid in his hand. Mm-hmm. It is so cool looking. Yeah. It's yeah. a very impressive practical effect. It's done well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. What about your, oh, that's a good shot award. I got to give it to Dimension coming over the hill with the snow Mm -hmm. and he's, he's just silhouetted and he looks terrifying. I think it's just that, that there is my favorite image of Dimension period. That's cool. I I would agree with you that Dimension is built for the snow. Um, He, he does look really cool. He's, He's built to be obscured. I think. Yeah. Because it makes him more terrifying and haunting. Yeah, for sure. My can't believe, uh, or oh, that's a good shot award, is another Dimension shot. He lifts the gate, you know, that huge gate above his head. 
And then we get like the shot at right after he's lifted that gate above his head. We get the shot that just has so many different perspectives. It's got like three layers. It's got Dimension in the background. You've also got some like action and actors cowering in fear kind of in the middle. And then you have people really close to where the camera's located. And you get this this layered shot that's really impressive. I, I was like, wow, this you get this whole landscape here. Um, of this Dimension action scene. So that was my, oh, that's a good shot award. I actually had a note on that. Like, Dimension lifts up the gate, which yeah. is so cool, instead of smashing cool. it, which is so tired, to be honest. Yeah, right. And so the fact that he lifts it up is like, it's this show of strength that's just yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah. It goes into that idea that you've mentioned. Like, <laughs> he's just royally pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? And so he's like, it's not even just to show my strength. It's just to instill fear. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did have a bonus award, Alex. Uh, the best finish him move award. And this is from the trilogy as a whole. There were pretty epic finishes to some of these bad guys. So I was wondering if you had a best finish him move award from the Dimension trilogy. Yeah. So while I think the first movie has the most iconic uh, and an original one, I would say. I really like the one in this movie because of just the insult to injury that it is. And again, it illustrates the wrath and almost like the showboatiness of Dimogen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he already killed the guy. The guy was dead. He stabbed him through the chest with the most massive ni- knife you've ever seen. And then he just lets him drop off of it into the sulfur pit. Yeah. Just gotta <laughs> love it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, for me, it's actually the second movie's uh, finish him move where he basically doesn't have to do much because the bad guy retreats in his boat mm-hmm. and then the boat catches on fire and <laughs> he gets wrapped up right in that cross light imagery there on the boat as the boat burns as he's teetering on the precipice between drowning and burning alive. That's scary. My, that's that's actually my most memorable Dimogen uh, like scene that's the one that will stick in my head that shot of Dimogen kind of standing far away in the background of that shot just like looming over the scene uh, that I'll definitely remember so really cool very cool yeah I agree all three of these final uh, finish him moves as I guess if you, as yeah. you phrased it um, yeah. are uh, Mortal Kombat worthy yeah they are for sure <laughs> um, what about rating and ranking Alex you've already said this is your favorite yeah but it is. what would you rate this one out of five so for me this one is the best like like you said and for me this i can i don't know if i connected with this one but i like that i did connect with the the all the characters a lot more not just the kids but even the people at the camp that we see briefly i just immediately liked all of them i found them all to be likable even if the kids weren't great actors they weren't bad. They weren't overacting, which is where a lot of kids things lose me, right? It's when the kids become annoying. I don't I didn't find them to be annoying. I just <laughs> find it found it a little troublesome that they couldn't act. And I like Dimension's portrayal in this. I think it's so much better. And I think the story is pretty interesting as well. Um, you know, these kids crossing a mountain that are frankly when they, if they did get to their destination without Dimension, they weren't going to know what to do. They are just going to get captured. 
but I appreciate that. You know, it's got that kid, that childlike optimism about their journey. Um, it, you know, it does have some missteps for sure. Uh, you know, we talked about the runtime, the acting, and the killing of Kenta for <laughs> no real reason except for he probably had to go do homework. Um, uh, so <laughs> his mom that was being, calling him home for dinner. I think. Yeah, so. exactly. He just wanted to float down because it was faster. Um, <laughs> so I want to give it. I guess because I gave the first movie a, a 3.5, I'll give this one a, a 4 out of 5. Uh, because I do like it substantially more than the other two. I almost huh. just want to knock the original movie down to a 6 <laughs> or to a 3 out of 5. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give this one a 4 out of 5. Because while it does have a lot of errors in it, I absolutely loved the Dimension stuff. And the snow scenes in particular on the mountain. Cool. Uh, yeah, so this one is actually my least favorite of the three, uh, for the, for the reasons I've mentioned, I had some, the first half I was bored after the opening. I I grant you that the opening is awesome. The first half I was bored. The second half I was perplexed. (laughs) The, The child actors, as you mentioned, were okay. Um, but not great. I, I don't think we can call them great by no. any means. No. Uh, I found, I, yeah, like even in the Gamera show of films, I, fi- I found those child actors more charming overall than the ones here. Um, I did like Suji Do, though. I mean, he was great. But besides that, uh, the Gamera show of films, those kid actors definitely uh, had some charm to them, I thought. But... I just am still not sure even. Jim. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, Dimogen is really, really needs to be a kid's movie. Um, I, I think, and I, I'm not sure the director's meant for it to be a kid's movie either, uh, based off some of the tonal decisions that they make in this movie. But, uh, I mean, overall, I do agree with you that the ending is pretty awesome. Uh, Dimension is meant for that obscurity for the snow. Um, so for me, this is a three out of five, which might be a little generous based off of my attitude towards it yesterday. Um, but three out of five, I think is fair, which is lower than both the first two. I think reflecting on it over this past week, I would rank them in order um, of the trilogy. So my favorite is the first. The second, though I think is technically superior still falls below just because of basically repeating the same story. And then this one, even though it's a different story, I think it falls flat a little bit uh, because of the direction they take it in. So I go one, two, and three for Diamogen, one, two, and three. Okay, cool. We did it. We did it. We We did did it. it. And you know, Eric, I'm I'm going to say this and people are going to disagree with me even more probably, but I was second guessing like my purchase of this box set with those first two movies, but this third one made it feel worth it. <laughs> there we go. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, cool. I mean, it looks awesome. I will say that. Yeah. It does look awesome. Um, what are we doing week, next? Alex. Do we know? Yeah, we're going to do house. We're going to yeah. do house next week. Um, so October is coming up and that means we are going to do J horror films. Um, so we have a couple in store and next week is house, um, which is kind of a classic Toho 
J-horror film um, that Alex had never heard of until today. Yeah, I think someone may have mentioned it with when we had one of our producers' meetings, maybe, but yeah, I don't remember it. Nice. Well, <laughs> next week we'll get into House. Any rhymes off the top of your mind, Alex? Um, hopefully House is better quality than some louse, and I hope it's not as boring as a mouse. I can't think of anything else. Flouse. I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's a Dr. Seuss rhyme with house and mouse for sure. Oh, for um, sure. next week when we watch Mouse, will we will we be scared or barely cared? <laughs> oh wow! Okay, we both just gave up. And I also thought you said when we watch a mouse instead of house, which is like the third time I misheard you today. Uh, or so. it could just be Alex that. School has since school has started. I just feel like I haven't been able to speak coherently. I don't know why. Probably because you talk all day. Yeah, maybe. And I saw just some. I don't know. It's it's rough. <laughs> I've I've noticed that about myself in the, like the last couple of episodes. I'm like, man, I can barely speak right now. I don't understand what's hmm. going on. Um, but it, with with house, will we be confused or bemused? Alex scared or barely cared or Will there be a mouse or a louse in the house? I don't know. We'll find out next week. Hmm. Oh, that's good. I barely know. I barely know anything about the movie myself, um, except I've wanted. I've wanted to watch it for a while. I hear it's pretty trippy. Is is all I'll say. Oh, cool. Yeah. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. You can email us at mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod. Receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. And if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try Try to to stay stay alive. alive. It's kind of convenient, though. You know, everything smells like sulfur, so like Dimension doesn't have to worry about if he lets one rip, you know? That's true. That is true, Alex. Bok, bok, bok,